working with my healer on surrender and mm. learning how to take the lessons from pain, the lessons that pain offers um, and try and surrender into that and, and see why I was put here on this earth or why I chose to incarnate here to learn yeah. those lessons through pain. This season of Reconditioned is made possible thanks to Hifastatera, and I'm a little bit obsessed with them and I want to tell you why. So if you follow me on social media, you'll know I talk about mushrooms a fair bit. Yes, I am that wild, and no, not the psychedelic kind. Not this time anyway. I've known about the crazy health benefits of medicinal mushrooms for a while, especially after watching Fantastic Fungi on Netflix, but I never found a brand that I fully trusted. And then I came across Hifas Terra, and I am not exaggerating when I say it has been life-changing. They have medicinal mushroom products to support autoimmune diseases, allergies, hormonal imbalances, gut health, brain function, emotional well-being, musculoskeletal issues, the list is endless. And because they're one of the few mycotherapy companies to actually carry out clinical trials on their products, they've been able to develop their Onco range specifically for cancer. And potentially my favourite, they have products for children's immune systems and the gut-brain axis. Great for ADHD, sensory issues and gut support. These have got my kids through this winter of illness and they've made a huge difference to my son's sensory challenges. I'm swearing by them. Hifastatera mushrooms are not only certified organic, but they use the fruiting body of the mushroom as opposed to the root, which even the so-called top mycotherapy companies are not doing, because it's more time-consuming and more expensive, but HIFAS are. Spoiler, you get more benefits from the fruiting body, which is one of the reasons HIFAS products are more effective. The concentration and content of their products are also much higher than standard brands, and the company are constantly striving for quality, effectiveness and safety putting over 60% of their profits back into research. These products have changed my life, and I want you all to have access to this level of healing. So visit hifastaterra.co.uk, that's H-I-F-A-S-D-A-T-E-R-R-A.co.uk, and use code LAUREN15 for 15% discount. Thank you so much to Hifastaterra. Hi, I'm Lauren Vaknin, and you're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast. I created this podcast following my journey from severe disability since infancy to complete wellness as a way to share my passion of healing the whole self. Because I learned in my own journey to wellness and through my two decades in the wellness industry that it makes no difference what you're here to heal. It all requires the same whole person approach. We tackle everything from trauma, health optimization, and neuroplasticity to manifestation, holistic parenting, and everything in between to help you create an optimized life of well being, abundance, self mastery, and purpose. You're not meant to live a life of stagnation, and you're not meant to be just fine. So hang around and let me help you recondition your life back to wholeness. Well, hello and happy new year to everyone. That is if you're listening now as we've come back off the new year break. Um, and here I am with my 100th episode. I am so 
what what is even the what are the words I'm looking for? I'm grateful. I'm so grateful to everyone who has listened and downloaded these episodes. I'm also kind of just proud of myself um, in this episode where Jasmine Hemsley interviews me because we wanted to do something a bit special for the 100th episode. We talk about that journey of me deciding when I had a toddler and a nine-month-old, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. Who does that? Me. Um, And why I did it at that time and why I felt that it was a really important moment for me to start this podcast and why I felt so strongly about it and the purpose of this podcast Uh, which if you're a regular listener, you will know is to have a hub, a hub, a one-stop shop for all things wellness and growth, whether that is holistic parenting, nutrition, mindset, spirituality, everything that contributes to our well-being, everything, everything. And if you go through all the episodes, you'll see it's such a mishmash of stuff that for me is what makes up my work and what I teach, and what it was that got me from disability to wellness. So I'm so just so excited to be sharing this episode with you today. It really is a big moment for me. And just, yeah, huge gratitude to everyone who's listened and downloaded and made this podcast number 25 on iTunes and in the top 1% of all podcasts. What? Um, yeah, I just don't know how that happened. And I'm so grateful because every single one of you who presses play enables that to happen. And the more of you who press play and the more of you who rate and review the podcast, the more people see it because the more it goes up in the algorithms of iTunes and Spotify, the more people then have access to it and see it. And therefore, the more people that have access to all this information about how to heal from the root cause healing anything, whether that is unhappiness, whether that is unhealthy relationships, whether that is healing your body, whether that is becoming a better parent, whether that is getting more advice on manifestation and spirituality and stepping more deeply into your purpose, whatever it means for you, this is the one-stop shop for it. And in this episode, Jasmine asks me a whole bunch of questions about my journey generally and my journey on the podcast and why I started it. And We also go into um, some really deep stuff about my journey to wellness that I've never spoken about before. And then she asks me some questions that I ask my guests. So that was really fun. And it was just a great episode and I'm so excited for you to listen to it. Uh, So that is obviously coming up. And just some housekeeping, some bits going on for the new year. Now we are into 2023 dates for the diary, please go on my website laurenvacneen.co.uk and go to offerings and you will see I have a couple of events happening at the moment. Not sure on smaller uh, women's day retreats at the moment just because I have so much going on. I'm hosting workshops at a few festivals over the summer, it's mine and Daniel's 10 year anniversary and a whole bunch of other stuff going on so not sure on that yet but Uh, On May the 7th, Sunday the 7th of May, I am hosting a couples healing workshop, uh, which will be from 10 till 5. It is a complete immersive day where we will go into the container of our relationships, open and 
unearth everything that needs to be unearthed within us individually so within each of the people in the relationship individually in order to be able to create a stronger bond and a stronger relationship we'll be going into inner child we'll be going to divine feminine divine masculine healing it's going to be epic daniel's going to be there with me helping me facilitate um we half of the spaces are gone um over half i think there's space for 15 couples so if you're listening to this now and this interests you it's going to be in islington in london um get on the website and book your slot because uh, it's really going to be something very special i've actually been crafting it for over a year i just haven't had the time to actually host it so that's going to happen may the 7th i pushed myself to book that in because it's important and then I know that Christmas seems like a long time away, but I'm going to be hosting a very special, very cozy winter retreat at the amazing 42 Acres in Somerset, a weekend retreat for women. It's going to be extremely luxurious, extremely cozy, amazing Christmassy vibes, self-love retreat. So if you're needing to step into that womanly feminine energy of self-love among other incredible women and be led by me and all these practices and have some very lovely chill time with cacao and fire time and chats and everything else that's going to help you get to your next level on this spiritual evolution of yours on this growth evolution then that is the one for you that will be up on the website as well with information about how you can book that so that's what I've got going on at the moment. I'm also going to be at the big retreat festival in June for anyone who wants to come along to that. There going to be some amazing speakers and guests and hosts doing incredible workshops. That's in Wales. Um, and some other bits and bobs happening that I'll update you on as we go along. Um, so for now, I'm going to leave you with my 100th episode with me being interviewed by Jasmine Hemsley. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Reconditioned. Let me introduce myself before we interview the very special guest of today's podcast. I'm Jasmine Hensley, wellbeing expert and champion of Ayurveda. My own journey into wellness came through the healing power of food and digestive health and then led me to exploring a 360 degree approach to health and the delicate balance of mind, body and spirit. I'm a recent-ish guest of this podcast, I think episode 78, which is how I first got to know Lauren. Since then, we've continued to connect over many areas in well-being, and I am honoured to be asked to interview our host, Lauren Vaknin, for this special 100th episode. So for all Reconditions listeners, old and new, I want to delve into how the journey since starting this has gone for Lauren, a more personal dive into her journey of holistic health and growth, and get more of an insight into how Lauren has grown as a result of this journey. So welcome, Lauren, to your own podcast, Reconditioned. And congrats on 100 episodes. Oh, thank you so much. That was so lovely. And I've made myself a coffee as well, because I don't usually do that, because guests always come with like a cup of tea or coffee. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be asking the the questions, so I don't. So I'm the guest, so I brought a cup of coffee. So yeah, I've got got one here and one here and a flask, just in case. Oh, right. (laughs) Well, thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. No, I am really honoured. I've really enjoyed... um, you know, getting to know you, Lauren, actually more as a friend, really. I've, 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 the last two years of my life have been taken up with a, with a new baby. Mm. Um, and so I haven't been kind of out there exploring in a way that has been so, um, has been so much part of my life for the last 10 or 15 years. Um, and just concentrating on this kind of family, um, life and bubble that I'm in. But 
I've enjoyed the snippets and the bits and being interviewed you and finding you this like-minded person who's also so incredibly inspirational and eloquent in, in sharing what you've learned. And so it's been so lovely to be asked to interview you so that I can learn a bit more and ask some personal questions, which I haven't got around to yet. But before I continue, I'm going to give you one of your signature podcast questions um, where you ask guests what they've done so far today to support their wellness. So what are we? We're 10 to 11 a.m. What have you done so far today? Okay, this is yeah, this is an interesting one with me. So the first thing I do when I wake up is gratitude. I just open my curtains, look outside just so I can see some trees and I just give gratitude. I always start my day like that. Um, and then a more recent thing, the last kind of year or, well, no, since moving into this house, actually, because we've got like a sound system, um, is I put on some just really high vibrational music that kind of brings me back, you know, up into alpha. And I try to start my day as much in alpha as I can, um, even though I have screaming kids running around. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're used to the music as well and they kind of dance around and they like Are these that. particular, are they, is it spiritual music? Is yeah, it... like spiritual yeah, music. Okay. There's there's a few particular songs and actually I might share them on the show notes when we share Good the episode, idea. but um, really lovely songs that just kind of raise my vibration, um, which I think is just a really nice way to start the day. And then I always drink a massive glass of remineralized water uh, I say remineral, it's remineralized, restructured, blah, 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 all the rest alkalized. Um, and then I did some exercise this morning. Uh, I did about half an hour of exercise. I try to do what I can mm. when I can. And I'm an, a morning exercise person. I just can't Me exercise. Too. And is it is that, um, do you change it up or is there a routine particularly that you use? Yeah. So I've got a trainer and I do like a oh. three, three time a week. Um, she's my osteopath as well. You'd love mm. her actually. She's incredible. She's very holistic. And, um, she, she's, um, yeah, she's given me like a three time a week, um, thing that I do on my own, mm-hmm. not with her. I don't see her three times a week. I don't have time for that. <laughs> and, um, and then the other days I just do some cardio. So we recently got a cross trainer in the house. So that's been really great because it means I can just, even if it's like six in the morning and I've got 20 minutes, I can just get 20 minutes in that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Um, and then I haven't done my meditation yet, but I have done a breath work. Um, and I've taken a few select supplements. I've taken some NAD plus this morning. Um, my shaman um, gave me a recipe for um, tinctures that he, so when he gives you, he wants you to take tinctures, he makes you make them yourself. Okay. So you put so, your love and energy into it and you understand right. what and your, at the beginning, the relationship between this tincture and your body. Totally. So at the beginning it was like two years ago and and I was like, okay, can I get my herbalist to do this? And he was like, no, 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 you've got to buy all the ingredients. And it was such a process, but actually it was a real labor of love. It was really enjoyable. So I made it with like all these different like fresh herbs and the alcohol and the filtered water and everything. So I take those in the morning. I'm trying to think if I've taken any other supplements this morning. Oh, my mushrooms, my medicinal, always taking my medicinal mushrooms. In powdered form? Yeah, in capsule, capsule form. Um, Hifastatera medicinal mushrooms. I've taken cordyceps this morning and I'll take reishi this afternoon. Um, So that's it. Yeah, that's what I've done this morning for my wellness so far. (laughs) Incredible. So you've got a program. So your osteopath, does does, does she update you every time she sees you? And so this is what you should be working on now. These are the kind of things you should be doing. Yeah. So at the moment we're working on a six week plan. Um, so I just put, she puts it on an app and then I follow that three times a week for six weeks and then she'll change it up every four to six weeks. But because so obviously I'm, you know, thankfully fully able-bodied now, but there are 
some joints that are stiff or mm -hmm. some things that are just that don't work as optimally because I had arthritis for so many years and actually you know it's a complete miracle that my joints aren't damaged the Incredible. only damaged joint in my body is my right jaw joint um and you know when I have bone density scans which I don't do often because of the radiation whatever but mm -hmm. if I ever have had the doctors just don't understand because my bones are you know as healthy as that of anyone else of 38 years old and actually even a bit better because I have better absorption of minerals and stuff um but regardless of the fact that there's no actual joint damage my hip and my my left hip and my left knee have a bit of stiffness so Daniela my osteopath does exercises that are for you know training and toning and strengthening but also to try and get more mobility into those joints so yeah sorry they that was that bit, bit no they need that extra love <laughs> and what and what about the jaw I know you said it's this is like a work in progress you you oh, have to yeah this this is also an area for me as well um and something that you think has come from um the trauma you've experienced as a child um and and I think is you know is where we I mean I used to grind my teeth Mm. Um, I've, I've experienced lockjaw as a 15 year old. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I've had all kinds of problems actually with my teeth, um, over the years. And it's kind of, um, I, I, I found one holistic dentist and she said, you need to address some of this stuff because, right. you know, from a, from a, um, um, mental and spiritual level, because it will keep on manifesting as something else. Right. Um, and I know that my mm. partner, Nick has also, I think probably since having a baby and suddenly having all this new worry, um, <laughs> about this little person he's, he's, uh, also brought into the world. Um, I know he holds a lot of tension in his jaw. So can you share what you do specifically for your jaw? And if it, you think it's something that, mm. um, can apply to other people? Yeah, well, my jaw, so I have four different issues going on with my jaw and that's why it's been so challenging for me so with the joints it was okay you have an autoimmune disease it's it's your your immune system is releasing inflammation into your joints and that's coming with those issues and part of my um healing apart from obviously all the spiritual mental emotional stuff and trauma and all of that was learning how uh, inflammation gets released and figuring out then how to stop that I'm making it sound simple. Obviously it's not simple, but with the jaw, there's four separate issues going on. So one of them is that I just happen to have a very compressed skull. Mm -hmm. Daniela, you know, my osteopath I told you about, she has looked through MRI results. Um, and I was just born with quite a, everything's quite compressed. I've got quite mm -hmm. a small face mm -hmm. inside my sphenoid. It's all quite close together. Now that in itself wouldn't be a problem. None of these things on their own would are a problem, well, but together. Them, yeah. <laughs> And then obviously, so I, I had the arthritis from when I was two, but it only started in the jaw when I was 18. And very quickly, it became the worst affected joint. And obviously, you're moving the jaw all day long, eating, talking, but also swallowing. Like we don't realize how much we need oh. our jaw um, until it's in pain. And when even swallowing or, or licking your lips is painful, you're like, oh my, like I just want to rip this jaw out my face. Um, so there was the arthritis and then the subsequent damage to the jaw joint from that. Um, and then about 15 years ago, I had a wisdom tooth removed. Mm -hmm. And until I started learning about biological dentistry, I didn't realize the connection. But in my research and my delving, I was like, oh, here's another thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I realized that actually having that wisdom tooth removed, which is on that side, um, you know, I've done a few episodes on biological dentistry, so I'm not going to go into it all now. And anyone who wants to listen to it can go back and find those episodes. Um, the most important one probably being with uh, Dr. Dominic Nitschwitz, Dr. Dome. Um, <clears throat> and you can watch the film Root Cause as well. 
when we have teeth removed, essentially you're removing a part of your body, which is actually alive. You know, we now know mm -hmm. through, you know, all these uh, tests and, and work from amazing biological dentists that the, the, the tooth is not a dead thing. It's an alive organism and it's got a whole thing, whole bunch of stuff going on inside there. Actually like miles of nerves mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff that, you know, you can hear about in those episodes and I can recommend some books as well. So we remove it like it doesn't, like it, it doesn't mean anything to the body, but anything that the body has, the body's attached to, and the body, you know, is, is wants to hold on to, and it sees it as kind of an affront of, okay, where's this thing gone now? Yeah. So then aside from that, because it's, the mouth is a wet area, when you take it out, it's obviously prone to lots of infection, but we don't yeah. do anything. We just take out a tooth and off you go. And sew up the, you know, uh, seal, right. the, seal it with all the stuff gone back in. Gone back you in, get, exactly. The bacteria in your mouth. Exactly. And the health of your mouth at that time, your your, your mouth microbiome, you know, as you are that day goes back in. So we, we, know, we know we're never taught that we shouldn't have these operations if we're not feeling 100 percent our best. Um, 100%. And you're an expert on this with Ayurveda and tongue scraping. So, you know, you know, the impact of the microbiome in the mouth and, and how that impacts the whole of health. And then if you look at everything that we are understanding about the soil now, this is really reminding me of, um, you know, no dig gardening permaculture mm. you know when you rip out something from the soil you affect all of the mycorrhizomes right. all of the all of those fungal networks you know they're all speaking to each other and that information you know um it's 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 ripping something from the ground and damaging what's underneath basically yeah totally so yeah that's what it did essentially and then mm. so you get all this infection and what happens and this is what i learned is that the infection starts festering in there and it's now closed up and so it closes up over this infection and the infection might not make you consciously sick, mm -hmm. like, you know, an infection on your finger that you can see that, mm -hmm. you know, is going a funny color, but it continues to fester and it comes mm -hmm. out in the body in however way, whichever way it can. And for a lot of people, that's through autoimmune conditions or through any range of ways. So what happened with me, and this happens in a lot of cases from people who have had tooth removal, root canals, any form of conventional dentistry it actually turns into mold. So there at the top of your, I mean, I'm pointing for those who are watching this on, on YouTube, it's, it's points to, it, it, it's kind of at the, the bone of your gum and the bone starts going soft because mm. it's gone mo moldy. Sounds so it's like and, spongy yeah. and it's disgusting. So, and that's happening in your body. So what does mm. your body do? Well, your body produces an autoimmune response in order to kind of manage this infection that it doesn't know how to get rid of, but we don't know that. So there are so many things that can happen or that, you know, we choose to do. Another one that I'm talking about at the moment, a lot is breast implant illness, very similar. Um, I'll get onto that another time. <laughs> um, so anyway, so years later, I obviously realized that this was impacting it. And when I finally found a great biological dentist, uh, where I go to the Endo Clinic in London, they did the x-ray and, and basically I was having symptoms of trigeminal neuralgia, which is, they call it the suicide disease because it, the pain is it's kind of like off the scale. Yeah. Um, and it was all those things together though, that were causing it, but I was just trying to find like one solution, mm -hmm. which was really hard. So, you know, when, when he looked in the x-ray he was like it literally up here is like mold inside your face so obviously how long after pain. your um after this surgery did you mm -hmm. find out how long had it been going on for the, oh, well, the, the i had this the tooth the removal like 12 years before i ever even realized about any of this stuff wow um 
but the pain started about three years after mm. and my rheumatologist at the time was like oh it's you know from just having arthritis a lot you've just very neuralgic take an anti-neuralgia medication mm. um and over the years this this kind of pinging pain that felt quite nervy just got worse and worse and worse until march 2020 great timing it triggered fully into these full trigeminal neuralgia attacks that were like nothing i've ever experienced in my life oh, bless you. um and so, but now it's taken me all this time to figure out all these four root cause things. Mm. Um, and so this was such a long answer to your question, but no. the things I'm doing for it, I went to see a biological dentist. So I had the cavitation, which is what they call kind of that infection that happens in your mm. jaw and your gum. I had that removed. Now, the issue of that is that it, it, it did what it was supposed to do. And obviously I needed that room. It was, I saw it, it was mold. Mm. It was literally mm. mold mm -hmm. in my face. Mm. And when they showed me the x-ray that they, they, you could see, and only biolog biological dentists know how to detect this on an x-ray. Mm -hmm. They can see infection at the bottom of the tooth, at yes. the root of a tooth. So they saw that and the root of the bottom wisdom tooth, which hadn't been removed, that bottom of that tooth was touching the trigeminal nerve, the lower branch of the trigeminal nerve. So it all kind of made sense. But then the issue you have is the, the procedure itself is quite heavy for someone that's already got a damaged jaw. They're mm. literally scraping away the mold. Mm. But now they do this with ozone. They put, put you yeah. on an IV drip. You have to you take don't a month spread to spread it, do you? <laughs> right, but they, they know this. Yeah. They know this, right? So they want you to be on a specific diet before with specific mm. supplements and high levels of vitamin D and omegas and the rest of it. So they're doing everything they can. But obviously, you know, that causes trauma to the area yeah. if you're quite sensitive anyway. So ever since then, I have been doing pretty much everything I can. So a lot of osteopathy, cranial osteopathy, um, homeopathy, we work with the same homeopaths. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, homeopathy working with Dawn and, and just trying to find the remedies that will help my body um, just kind of learn how to heal it from the root cause yeah. and um, just figure out how to manage it. Working on strengthening the muscles around the joint in the jaw, because remember, I'm dealing with all these different facets of it. Mm. So it, it's really, you know, when you say, what can other people try? Mm. My, it's so complex. Mm. Um, very, very high quality CBD. I never, I'm, I'm very funny about recommending CBD or mm -hmm. talking about CBD on the podcast because I don't recommend, a sp I have someone that makes it, but I mm -hmm. don't, you know, that's all. <laughs> it's not commercially, um, it's it's not not, commercially available. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so I don't have a brand that I recommend because I, most conventional CBD brands are not, mm -hmm. they're, they're not, they're not even they CBD, no. Right. Um, but that's definitely helped. And um, she made me a pain balm as well. Mm. Um, and diet and high, high dose Amigas. I, I have a lot of Amigas in my diet and through supplementation. Mm. Um, but like you say, the trauma element and the emotional side and working with my healer on surrender and mm. learning how to take the lessons from pain, the lessons that pain offers Um and try and surrender into that and, and see why I was put here on this earth or why I chose to incarnate here to learn yeah. those lessons through pain. I think it's, it's interesting hearing just this part about the jaw and how multifaceted it is. And it can be so off-putting to people listening and thinking, so hang on, what caused it and what am I supposed to do? Right. And I think it just <laughs> shows how we have to be the, 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 have to be interested in ourselves we have right. to put the information together 
And sometimes it can come from specialists. Sometimes it can come from a comment someone makes mm. um, until it starts to make, you know, because there's, there's so many things that happen. I can't think of any examples right now, but I, I've, I've, I remember feeling this feeling that, wow, I thought I understood that. And now I understand it to a completely other level. Right. Um, and you never stop doing you if, never if, you're, stop, if yeah. you're continually learning, yeah. which we all should be. We should always yeah. be eternal students. That never yeah. stops happening. And we have to be, um, you know, this is why I, I love Ayurveda, because it's all about empowering you as an individual. You know, mm. we have to put these things together because at the end of the day, any of those specialists are who can look at your blood work, who can look at the x-rays, who can look at these things. They don't have your innate knowing, exactly. you know. And so when you put that into the equation and then you put the fact that you're going to take responsibility for it and you're going to mm-hmm. look at where the root cause comes from, maybe from a spiritual or um um emotional level then you can mm-hmm. start to heal yourself so it's I, right. I think you even mentioned on one podcast that um it's um it is your responsibility you know this yeah. is this is your journey this is you know, we try to outsource all the time and um I hear you when you say you had to put together your own remedies um from the shaman because you know I I am guilty of doing a little clear up and coming across some of my homeopathic medicines or remedies and thinking, oh, there's three quarters of a bottle here. When did I stop remembering to take that? You right. know? And, um, and because it just arrives in the post and it's, it's um, right. um, you know, in the, in the rush of life. But when you have to grow your own food mm. or, or fix something in your house or um, make decisions on something you're doing and you're, yeah. you're involved at that level, suddenly you're a lot more invested it's a lot more invested yeah, yeah. and it, and um and you yeah you don't have this whole outsourcing I'll do this over here as long as I've got access to someone over there because I think you know we're in a very privileged position that we can um have access to these people mm. um and that can be difficult for but you know but we also know that so much of this comes from these small changes have had such massive impacts over our right. life I mean even listening to your story Lauren about you know, the incredible decisions that your mother and your father came to without even really understanding why they chose homeopathy in the beginning mm. um, or um, that revelation you had or that that determination at 18 when honestly wheelchair bound, you know, facing the prospect of, of um, you know, where is your youth? Where's your youth gone? Where is the next part of your life going? Mm. Um, and not being able to eat or even talk with your jaw and not being able to walk. I mean, it's, it's that, it's that hitting that rock bottom. And then suddenly actually I'm so powerful. Mm. I'm absolutely determined to get myself out of the situation when and your own doctor has kind of condemned you to, this is it, Lauren, and this is mm. where it's going. Um, you know, that is a power that we have within ourselves. And I think then you can begin to attract, you know, if you're not financially, you perhaps don't have the financial means to, to just ring up the best in town. Mm which I didn't and my parents didn't yeah. I mean my parents you know like both from working class families my mum's you know been a secretary my dad was a market trader it's not like we my parents took out a loan when, when I got to that point after taking that drug that made me really sick um to get me to Israel to see a holistic doctor there um and then I had to take it upon myself and it wasn't like there was heaps of money for me to no. to go and see all these people I was always under a homeopath and that was kind of the limit of what I could mm-hmm. afford to do and everything else was very small steps, you know, over the last 20 years. 
um, I said, you know, obviously from when I was two, my parents had me, you know, with homeopaths and spiritual healers, but in terms of from when I was 18 until now, mm. taking very small steps. And it mm-hmm. comes back to what you said, you know, taking responsibility for ourselves, even with the homeopath, you and I see what we would probably both deem to be the best homeopath in the world. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And still, I can't put my health in her hands. No. She can help me. Yeah, She can facilitate a level of healing from her from what she knows and the the information that she has, but we can't heal from the same consciousness that created dis-ease. Yeah. So I have to be in a state of abundance when it comes to healing and decide that I'm going to be well yes. and do everything in my power. She can't heal my trauma. She can't rewire the neural pathways in my brain to make me believe I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. She can't make, she can't tell me what I'm going to eat and make sure I'm going to eat all the right things. She's not the one that's saying affirmations over and over again and doing all the daily things every single day and that, that counts that's, that really that's what counts. counts right yeah. because and this is what I say to clients or you know anyone I work with you can do all that stuff but it's the small everyday things that change because you have to shift that identity yeah of who you are who you have been into the person you want to become before you've actually become that person and that's the biggest challenge because at 18 19 when I was going well well here I am all my friends were at uni I was meant to be at uni you know, I was meant to be all my friends are traveling and here I am disabled and I could remain in that victim consciousness. And yes, I'm a victim. I'm, you know, head to toe disabled. Absolutely. Am I a victim of something? Yes. Am I going to operate from victim consciousness? Well, no, because I know that unless I get up and shake it off and not even physically get up because I couldn't, um, and make a choice to operate from that abundance consciousness of wellness is going to be my story, Mm. not disability. Mm. Mm. No one in the world can make me better. Not even the most powerful shamans and the most powerful healers, nothing. Only I can make a choice of what I want my life to look like. Yeah. I don't even remember what the question was, but. No, I think it's it's just just to to show people that, you know, just even the story about, you know, your mum and your mum knowing that she didn't want to go a particular route Mm, mm. and somehow leaving it open that she happened to walk into a library in the 80s or 90s and she found something for her to begin working with and your dad who wasn't particularly into that idea in any way somehow one day saw a book opposite him that called him over and he thought okay this is a sign that we're going to go down this path um and that's I think that's what we all need to hear is that we open ourselves up to this other way of thinking rather than living with the labels that people give us and also thinking that we don't have the means to to outsource and and that the the outsource shouldn't be the the cure it's going to come from within so I think you know my my shaman Don Javier always says you know choose the path with heart and although it sounds like a really simple line it's so profound because every time I'm making a decision on do I want to go that way or do I want to go that way with whatever it is which is the path with heart which is the one that my gut my intuition because my my intuition is my higher self you know yeah. the, the the actual me not the me that has been created from conditioning or yep. trauma labels any of the stuff that you know human life does to you like all these decisions you think you need to make because a doctor told you to or a government told you to or someone else everyone else is doing it or whatever yeah my mum somehow had that that deep innate access to her intuition at 31 years old as a young mum with no guidance around her no access to the internet and she just held on to that and even going into hospitals and you know in the 80s like 
hospitals, doctors were like these imposing figures. They can still be now, but I think yeah. that there's a little bit more give, but you know, they were just Mrs. Vacney and, you know, you, you basically telling her she was a bad mother. You're doing, uh, this is all, you know, taboo. Don't go down this road. You're going to, uh, you're going to make, they basically told her that my um, joints would become damaged and deformed if um, she didn't she, give me the drugs. And in yeah. the end, it was the opposite. The, it was the opposite. And I was the only one of all my group in my hydrotherapy group growing up that didn't end up with deformities and joint replacements and secondary conditions from the steroids mm. and the rest of it. So that gut intuition, the gut feeling, that deep connection to her intuition that my mum had literally saved my life because there are girls that I knew from the hospital who have died. Like mm. I literally know people who died because of secondary conditions from the medications yeah. and, you know, so it literally saved my life and then put me on that path to understanding how to tune into my intuition and then now really working with my shaman to develop that mm -hmm. more can you repeat that lauren you said is it choose the path the, choose the path with heart with heart i think yeah. that's so important because in a world of information overload mm. we have mm. so we have access to so much through the internet right it can be like, okay, I've got 50 options in front of me right. and the mind boggles and you shut yeah. down. So choose the path with heart. And, and also sudden. with that, like coming, just applying that to anything, like it could be things like a big life decision. I, I don't, I'm not in love with my husband and I actually don't feel like I'm going, I want to be with him anymore. Oh, but mm -hmm. we've got children and we've got a mortgage and we've got blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Try to rationalize it. Um, but in my heart, actually, I know that I'm meant to be somewhere else. Mm. Or this job that gives me security, it does not fulfill me. I'm not living in my authenticity. I, But you know what? It pays the bills. Mm. If your intuition is telling you something, this has been my experience. However hard the hard decision seems, when you follow what your intuition is telling you to do, that's guided and you mm. get supported. Like I've always, even if I've taken, made a really hard choice that has, you know, seemed like it was going to make life really hard for me. And maybe it did for a while, but maybe it was supposed to, but I was always supported, mm. you know? And I just think that that's a really important lesson that I've always held on to. Okay, so one of the challenges I hear from you guys the most is how hard it is to drop into meditation or even to relax and just feel calm. And you know I speak a lot here about how our bodies have not evolved to manage the level of stress we're faced with today, which means we're constantly in fight or flight mode with our sympathetic nervous systems always activated, which we know leads to depression and anxiety and also chronic health problems. If we want to be well, we have to find ways to mitigate this. We have to do that ourselves. And I believe in merging natural daily practices with the kind of health tech that enables us to counter and mitigate the challenges that modern life throws at us. And the Sensate is one of those products and I want to tell you about it. So the Sensate is a small palm-sized device that sends infrasonic waves through the chest in order to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system, which is the body's command center. Together with the specially composed hemispheric audio within the app, you will literally feel calmer after only a short session. I give this to anyone I'm with if I have it on me, which I usually do, and everyone has the same response. It's amazing and I already feel less stressed and where can I get one? Now I'm particularly recommending the Sensate to anyone who suffers from anxiety and wants to help calm the nervous system, those who want to deepen their meditation practice and people who are looking for ways to be calmer and more grounded. Now most of you know I work with a 
shaman and he has taught me that our higher intelligence places ideas of health technology in the minds of those who can create and invent these products. And I truly believe this to be the case with things like the Aura Ring, the Summer Vedic, even diagnostic devices in hospital. And for me, I believe that to be true with the Sensate. We have lived for too long in a high stress state. We need more to help us counter that. So you can get 20 pounds off the Sensate by visiting getsensate.com. That's G-E-T-S-E-N-S-A-T-E.com and using the code Lauren20. That's getsensate.com and the code Lauren20. Thank you to Sensate for partnering with Reconditioned. And now back to the episode. And thank you for sharing your lessons. I mean, you're such an incredible example of the body heals and the power of the mind. You know, when I, I didn't know your past story, I, I, I knew you'd said something about disabilities, um, which come in many forms, but you were head to toe disabled. I mean, it was, it's huge and it's a mm. massive imprint on your life. And then I look at you as this wonderful, able-bodied, shining Lauren, who is a wealth of information. And I find those two people hard to imagine, to, you know, as I being do. one. <laughs> I bet, I bet. What, in, you know, um, just incredible. So I want to ask actually how this got to your, your podcast. So um, a bit of a background on, on reconditioning. You started this when Vida, your daughter, was not yet a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, you were breastfeeding through the night. I know all about that. You've got your son <laughs> at home um, and your husband was like, are you crazy? Yeah. You've got your hands full. What's going on? Um, yeah. And you, you only went into remission some nine years ago. So your hands were seriously full. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you feel so strongly about doing it Um, Mm. and I know you've said it's the best thing you ever did and here we are 100 episodes yeah um yeah it's and we didn't did we even yeah we did speak about the fact that it's the 100th episode at the beginning it's like quite poignant for me um I just had this so the reason I wanted to do the podcast was because one thing that I always found challenging was there was never and, and the reason my journey to wellness took so long was because there was never one place for all the information mm. And as you know, it's like a domino effect. You learn one thing and then it leads you to another thing and to another thing and to another thing. And it just... And then you compromise slightly because you're hanging out with certain people who think you're nuts. And, oh, then, you, yeah. and then you lose that thing of, actually, that was that 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 practice was really good for me. How that, on earth did I drop it? And then you, right. and then it, then you bump into it again further along the road. It's, well, that's another thing. You know, you go on this journey and you will... I'm saying this, you know, with quote marks you will lose people, right? But you will lose, and I, all, again, see it as a shedding process. You will mm-hmm. shed what no longer serves you. And mm-hmm. I went through this huge shedding process about 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, it, it was such a hard time in my life. I was about to get married and um, it was also my Saturn returns, like everything was happening, and you know, and uh, I went through this huge shedding process with people in my life. I didn't consciously choose, right? I was mm. pushed into it. The universe mm-hmm. pushed me to mm-hmm. shed because I could not have gone on the trajectory that I went on had I have been surrounded by those people. And in closing that door, it opened another door for the most amazing group of people to come into my life who are all like-minded. You know, I realized, and then, and then you have kids as well. And then you feel very isolated if you're the only person in your community raising children in this holistic way, because- even just going for coffee with friends and you're the only one breastfeeding and you're squirting everywhere and it's like so stressful and the baby won't go on the boob and you're in pain and you've got mastitis and the rest of it. And they're like, just give him a bottle. And you're like, 
let me actually just go into what auto, having an auto, autoimmune disease has done to me and how my children are genetically predisposed to that. And therefore I'm going to do everything I can to protect their gut. And then you're like, they're like, well, they don't want to listen to that. They're like, shut the fuck up. Like, mm. <laughs> and then you're having you to know? explain yourself on top right. of everything else that you're going through. And you through. don't want, you want to be with people who understand mm-hmm. and not just understand, but like truly respect and honor that process that you're going through with your life. So and support and protect you. Absolutely. And the people around me now, and I have a few, like literally two or three close friends left from before. I still have got close friends from before Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. living this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Only about two or three who aren't that completely respect me, love me, just respect me for who I am, will always stick up for me to the death, even though they're Mm -hmm. not doing the things I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that is love. That is honor. That's reverence. Mm -hmm. That's friendship, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I'll hold on to them for life, whether or not we're raising our children in the same way or whatever. They're amazing people. Um, so, so coming back to the podcast, it was a case of, I just never had all that information in one place and it took me decades to collate all the information. And it was always very, you know, isolated pockets of information from here and there. And, you know, learning this from my homeopath, learning this from my healer, learning this from this person or seeing that blog or that article, you know, just delving into loads of things. And, you know, I was a trustee for Homeopathy UK for seven years. And that was a great education because I was around, I was the youngest ever trustee. I I think I became a trustee with them when I was about 24, 25. Um, And I knew nothing about like, finances of charities and you know the ins and outs of homeopathy I'd been using homeopathy my whole life but Mm -hmm. anyway I could go I I won't go to Stevens the point is is that I was always had I was always given these opportunities to be around older more knowledgeable people I was around professors and you know the director the clinical director of um, the Royal London uh, Hospital for Integrated Medicine the late Dr Peter Fisher who was the Queen's physician and uh, he was just yeah I mean what a loss for the community and I learned so much from him and so I was kind of always given these opportunities to learn from people like incredible people doing incredible things like some of these professors that I was learning from and that taught me how to read clinical trials and you know medical studies and at like Mm -hmm. 24 25 years old so I could really start understanding stuff Mm -hmm. for myself and Mm -hmm. really practicing what I was preaching about taking responsibility for my own well-being so the podcast was like this epiphany moment of oh, I need to offer people all that information and have like a hub for all of that. Not just Mm -hmm. because, you know, you can find podcasts about Ayurveda, uh, homeopathy, you know, growth and and biohacking. But I didn't feel like there was one place for all of it. You know, Mm -hmm. holistic parenting, all the questions that people ask me every day, random questions that they're not random, but they seem random because there's one person asking me about, biological dentistry and there's someone else asking me about you know trauma release and someone else asking me about breastfeeding and I wanted a place to kind of bring all of that together it's a place where people can who 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 meet you or know of you and inspired by you can say what has Lauren done with this information what has what would Lauren do in this situation what has inspired Lauren which path has she gone on or or what um what's her experience been with it and I I hear you on this because I I think this is how my i first started writing my books or a blog before that Mm. um and someone said to me the other day or yesterday actually last night um what did they say you're you're never a prophet in your own what's the nobody's a prophet in their own land it's really difficult in social situations to 
explain where you're coming from mm-hmm. without seeming like preachy. preachy and also without it being really long-winded and a bit of a bummer and a downer in the middle of having a really lovely dinner with your friends oh right and that's um, me all around yeah yeah like, yeah and, and should we just order some tap water well actually I don't drink tap water because it's got fluoride in it and that's going to calcify my pineal gland and, I, oh <laughs> and there's me that's like um oh no ice <laughs> no ice please don't <laughs> put ice in my water um and you know you are at the end of the day you are Lauren the 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 cousin the daughter the you know you're that person to people mm-hmm. um and so I found that the, the blog and the books were where people kind of going, oh, you know, Jasmine's a bit of a nutter, but actually um, I did do that thing that she did and that's mm. really suited me and I want to find out a bit more um, because it's difficult to, I mean, I mean, how do you feel about, has the podcast been a really good way for you to meet people where they're at, you know? Yes. And I love everything you've just said because number one, yes, like when you write a book or you're writing articles and your articles, whether you're writing them on your own blog or they're being published, all of a sudden you have a level of credibility to other people, mm-hmm. right? In my mind, I've already got that credibility because I've done that research and I believe in what I'm doing, but people who aren't necessarily there yet might then go, oh, well, she's written for this place or she's talking about this on the podcast and she's speaking to experts on the podcast. And mm-hmm. so now it doesn't seem like just Lauren, yeah. my sister-in-law, who is just rambling on about this stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all of a sudden you're kind of doing it for a living and you have, you know, I mean, I, before the part I've been writing about natural health for over a decade. So, you know, that it's, um, it wasn't just from the podcast, but the podcast has definitely enabled people to maybe have a bit more respect for what I do, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not a prophet in your own land. Absolutely. Like what a quote. Uh, and you never will be, and you never no. should be as well, because um, everyone is living their own journey yeah. for a very specific reason. And it's taken a long time for me to get to that. I think because my journey has been so extreme, right? It's not just, I just thought, oh, I'll, I'll just be a bit healthier today. Or, you know, I just, so oh, I think I'm just going to improve my life a little bit. It, it was literally, oh, here I am this sick with an autoimmune disease I'd had my whole life. And I was told that would be my life to being completely you know mm. healthy and well so it's an extreme journey so to not be it to be in certain situations where you can't fully delve into that talk about that explain that like I do find myself having to hold my tongue or bite my tongue a lot yeah only around very specific people though I always <laughs> the last few years I, I always say you know I'm lucky because I live in my own echo chamber like all of my my family like my immediate family my parents yeah. my sister um, and all of my closest friends, apart from those few that I mentioned who are whatever, just respectful of me anyway. And they mm-hmm. just, they're like, whatever, you just go on about your thing. We'll just sit here and listen. It's fine. Um, but all, they, they're know, just the, here for the Lauren that dresses up. With like red lipstick and still no, dances on tables. I was talking about your love of um, partying with your friends and you showed me a couple uh, of fantastic yeah. um, um, outfits over the years. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, no. And, and this is the thing, like, these are some of the misconceptions about people in wellness or people into, you know, like my friends are all living quite holistically and we, we like to have fun, you know, that's definitely one of the biggest misconceptions, but no, you know, it's, it's, I, I have been fortunate that especially during the last few years with everything that's gone on, I, although there's been a lot of frustration around it I'm still very much I've been around my own people mm-hmm. who have my my views on it all and so yeah. I wasn't up against a lot of backlash but um there are definitely like 
a handful of people in my life, people you can't choose really, um, that um, don't get it. And Mm -hmm. you asked if the podcast is how I meet people where they're at. And that 100%. I mean, I'm, I would say I'm quite extreme, <laughs> as you know. Um, and from all my friends in my community, I'm probably the most extreme of all of our group. Mm-hmm. But I've had to be. Yes. Um, I very much live a balanced life. Like, I mean, I, you know, went out for lunch yesterday, you know, for a Sunday lunch and I had a mm-hmm. dessert and, mm-hmm. you know, I do those things. But I, I live kind of like a 90-10 lifestyle, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, and I am... I'm extreme you know I will to some people that's extreme to some people not drinking tap water and having a whole purification system in my home and then mm-hmm. leaving the jug of water next to a summer Vedic that's going to restructure it and then mm-hmm. you know and then you know wearing sh- having shungai all over the house and turning the wi-fi off at night those things are extreme to some people um so well, you're people- dedicated to being responsible for your health and well-being because I think you, you said before when you went to Israel and you came back pretty much transformed from a wheelchair bound person um, and then relaxed a bit, mm. got back in with, you know, um, societal norm. Yeah. And it hit you, hit you full in the face again. So right. you have experienced firsthand what it is to overcompromise and to right. oversettle for, for, for what is um, uh, societal norm compared to biological norm. Totally. And that was my my best lesson. So coming back from Israel at 20, having been pretty much disabled for two years, going, wow, like this. And I was in the journey then, you know, I started meditating at 18 and my doctor Mm. in Israel was really one of my first teachers on, you know, meditation, healing with, you know, mind, body, spirit, healing, um, crystals, kinesiology, like all of that stuff. But I was a 20 year old girl who had lost out on going to university, lost out on traveling, had been through a whole bunch of trauma those last few years. And I just wanted a party. I just wanted to have fun. Mm. So I did a year of that and um, and doing like, you know, extra work on movies and stuff because, you know, I was meant to have gone to university. I was at drama school before that Mm. and um, lost all of that, um, which was all meant to be, by the way. And um, and but that was the best thing because when the arthritis then came back, it was like, oh, I have to heal myself. I can't keep going back to Israel because I don't have the money to do that mm-hmm. and to keep paying this doctor. Mm. And I have to heal myself. So, um, which actually is a trap. And I'm just I, I, I'm coming back to the whole financial and the the privilege again part because I'm so conscious of people listening in and thinking, oh, I can't access this and that. Um, is that it's you it's got to be you that right. does it because I know so many clients I've had in the past before um I did restaurants and books and things I was privately consulting mm. through my own experience again of of um of the challenges that I had faced and remedied myself um was that you know a couple of my clients could afford to party 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 and then run off to a retreat right <laughs> And then go on a complete, you know, like a monk, go on this kind of completely right, yeah. clean, um, holistic living, come back and they just didn't know how to function again back in right. London. And then they would go down. So it was this yo-yoing of mm. health. Um, and yeah, it has to be us. And time. the issue with that is that then you are not operating from the identity of the healthy person. You're operating mm-hmm. from the identity of the person who has the money to do what they want. And so... Mm-hmm you 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 feel like you're invincible in that way I yeah. have the money to then fix myself after but yeah that won't happen because it, unless you're operating from the identity and this is where the brain training the NLP mm. the 
the rewiring of the brain comes into it. Unless you're fully operating from the identity of the healthy person, you're not going to be that healthy person. So you mm-hmm. can keep doing that. See how mm. long it lasts though. Yeah. See at what point and that's going to stop for you and you're not going to be able to do the partying anymore. And it reminds me of a Dalai Lama quote when it, he said what puzzles him the most, he said, man, he spends all of his um, he- health to get wealthy and then all of his wealth to try so and reclaim him. his health, you know? So, um, so this journey, you've been on, a, you know, an extreme version that I think most, many people will be listening in will have been on, but you're not a one-off in that, oh, Lauren does this because she was, she had this condition. It's just a, um, a bigger, better, louder example of what's happening in our own bodies, because um, I consider myself fairly healthy, but a couple of little wrong moves. And I think Christmas, New Year's eating is, is, uh, is, is always a trigger for me digestion goes I can see it in my skin I can see it in my face I can see it in my mood I can see it in my reactivity to people um I can see it in my outlook I um uh you know suffered eczema asthma etc as a young child mm. um and all these things get triggered again and it reminds me I have to get not not that I rush out to get the steroid cream for the itching not that I rush out you know to call dawn necessarily I have to get back in right. alignment with myself remember what it is that makes me feel incredible um, and I think that's also where meditation is, you know, when I, when I, I was speaking to, um, a relative of mine who's suffering from, um, um, osteoporosis. And when I mentioned you and I said, oh, I wish someone could fix that because it's, um, happening in my hip. Um, you know, I knew I was trying to find a way to craft this, this text message back. And I thought, gosh, just even mentioning the word meditation, it's like, what the mm. hell has that got to do with it? Right. But it is getting to your truth, to your intuition, to, to what, to, to stopping all these blocks that we put up about why we can't heal or why we can't, why, why we're in this, you know, what keeps us in this victim mentality. Right. Um, and also it's the, you know, society and, you know, I, I don't want to go too, too deep into this, what my shaman would call the dark forces mm-hmm. have worked very hard to get us to this place where we feel reliant on external sources. And easily manipulated. Easily manipulated. I mean, there are, there are so many things going on underneath mm-hmm. that are manipulating us and mm-hmm. causing us to be in a state of ill health and causing us to see, you know, people in authority or doctors as these gods as, that can heal us. Mm. And there are many doctors that are doing good things and are, you know, go into it for the right reasons. But unfortunately, as I always say, you can't heal something from the same consciousness that created it in conventional medicine unless you are doing like a a complete holistic approach that what is above (laughs) the doctors uh and even the medical schools is is still that kind of band-aid approach and it's still coming from that consciousness that created it it's not coming Mm. from the consciousness that can heal Mm. so um it's just there is so we we have to take responsibility for our own well-being Mm. on a huge level understanding that you can rely on all the doctors and even homeopaths in the world that you want no one else can heal you mm-hmm. and that you know we live in this society where we are just wanting our health to come from somewhere else mm-hmm. you know to come from the government the state the gp someone else we do it with our children we yeah. we we get told how to birth our children you know many women are not 
are just kind of going with the status quo. This is how you will birth your child. And this is how you will feed your child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because we're not getting that support of what childbirth actually looks like, what Mm. raising and nurturing a child actually looks like. And we've become so accustomed to, and we're so scared Mm -hmm. to go into ourselves because we have literally been conditioned Mm -hmm. to believe that we need these external sources in order to survive. Yeah. Right. So then how to raise your child and then how to treat your child if they're sick and how to, you know, all those things. And it just and then they grow up thinking that, you know, they get used to it every time they've got fever, you give them cowpaw, they're asking you for cowpaw. And it's just a and and this is even again, I'll come back to it, even with homeopathy, don't go straight to the homeopathic Mm -hmm. box. My Mm -hmm. many kits that I have, as soon as something's like if they've had a massive bump and fall I'll give them an arnica straight away Mm -hmm. but I don't even go to belladonna as soon as they've got fever I let that fever ride out I I support them in many other ways I don't like I always say and this is something I'm very clear on not medicating a fever Mm -hmm. with an antipyretic doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you sit back and do nothing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know because people can go well I didn't give them the cow pole because you told me that it wasn't good and then look what happened it's all very multifaceted but um lost my trail of thought but to come back just to the podcast that is exactly what I meant about a path with heart because mm-hmm. when Daniel said what you, you can't do it because it was a bigger strain on him as well you're starting sure. this and we've got these young children who aren't sleeping you're not sleeping what on earth are you doing um and I was like I don't know why I have to do it now he was like wait a year wait or wait till visas in nursery mm-hmm. I don't know why I have to do it now, but I have to do it now. Mm. And she was nine months old. And even when I look at pictures of me then, like, you know, I was breastfeeding a lot. I was very, what I call postpartum-y, like a lot more round and, you know, just kind of getting through those early days of motherhood. And, um, but it was the absolute best decision. And it gave me that opportunity to kind of lay the foundations for the podcast and to really bring together all these experts and to, do all the episodes I've, I'd always I'd always thought oh there's this piece of information how can I share that there's this piece of information and it just wasn't getting across as much with articles and there's only so many articles I can write and that people will read and you know and 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 so it was me following the path with heart yeah. just doing what I knew was in my that my higher self was telling me to do regardless of the external challenges and circumstances yeah as today's episode is being guest hosted by my good friend jasmine hemsley i wanted to take this opportunity to let you all know about some of jasmine's incredible offerings firstly if you enjoy crystal sound bowl healing and let's be honest who doesn't jasmine has recorded some of her own sessions and has them available for purchase on her website My personal favorite is the Cabin in the Woods one, and it's only $3.99, so rude not to, really. And because I'm so big on gut health, I can't not mention Jasmine's Tongue Tingler, made from 100% copper for its antibacterial properties and there to help cleanse the tongue of bacteria before you begin your day. Health starts in the mouth, people, which is why I use this product daily as part of my daily health optimization routine. And of course, how would I get by without Jasmine's incredible cookbook, East by West? Simple Ayurvedic recipes for ultimate mind-body balance. All of these products can be found at jasminehemsley.com. Okay, now back to hearing Jasmine interview me. And sometimes it's, you know, it's not even the information that you're sharing. It's that you, Lauren, are somebody that someone can relate to or aspire to, or it's, it's about the person. You know, it's your heart coming in and bringing all those. It's not like the people that you've interviewed and you've interviewed some incredible people, 90, well, a a lot of them. Um, 
it's not like their information isn't available somewhere. Right. But your interaction with them and the and the people, you know, and and people who follow you, their trust in you is actually the the important part. That's that's what's mm. um, changing people's lives, little or a lot. Mm. Um, you're using your voice and your experience to to help people to grow, and you're you're also, I imagine, having incredible growth from it. I mean, you've in, you've interviewed. Um, yeah, some of the biggest movers and shakers of this world. And uh, from Kelly Brogan, Bruce Lipton, Christiane Northrop, Dr. Vandana Shiva, Ben Greenfield, to some of my friends, Shalman Durek, mm. uh, Zeta West, uh, Mira Manik, Tony Riddle. Um, you even interviewed your husband. I haven't listened to that one. But and I, you, you forgot you. And me, and me. Oh, I'm, I'm somewhere floating around in there. But is there a podcast in particular that left you feeling completely like, oh, that's given me a whole new kick up the butt mm. on, on how I'm approaching things. You know, that's, that's, you know, cause I think sometimes we can settle into that morning routine or that mm. new thing that we're doing. And I think we have to, and I know this is, this is a challenge for you. It's also a challenge for me is change. Mm. Things are going to change at some mm. point. You're not going to need that certain mushroom at that certain time. Right. Right. So um, who has inspired you with a bit of knowledge that's gone, ah, I've got a new light on the situation that I I deal with every day. Was there anything in particular? Uh, Yeah, there are a few. I think the first one is probably Charles Eisenstein. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know his work. So he is, oh, you'd love him. He's unbelievable. He's one of the, 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 the brains, the thinkers of our time. Mm -hmm. Um, I first heard him on Aubrey Marcus podcast and um, he's just this insanely insightful in hugely intelligent guy but coming from it all about you know and he talks about permaculture and all the stuff you love you you mm-hmm. absolutely love him um, he's got an incredible blog um, where he wrote on Substack where he shares articles weekly um, and he's written incredible books and and his most impactful book for me was the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible and it's talking about how we bring our world back to this place of equilibrium where we need to be and he's written a book called sacred economics which kind of explains like how the economy was before money and gifting Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. exchange of energy and um and he's an economist you know so he he gets it Mm. but he thinks in a way that other people just don't think and those are the thinkers that we need in order yes. to elevate ourselves to this the, on our kind of spiritual evolutions. Um, you know, how he spoke about, so he came, he really kind of went viral at the beginning of COVID. He wrote a um, an article called The Coronation, um, as in Corona, but Coronation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went viral. It was, it's one of the best things I've ever read. It's a really long blog, but it just, got me thinking and at a time where I felt quite isolated because of what was going on and my views on it it was like wow someone who wasn't comfortable talking about this stuff stuff publicly before now is but coming at it with this intelligence this compassion this love this honesty this heart intelligence no heart intelligence right and I felt so seen at that moment Mm. um and his words are so profound. So when I had him on the podcast, he was one of the people I was most nervous to interview. Even, you know, I've interviewed some people probably 
would be considered more famous than him but he was the one I was most nervous to interview because of his level of intelligence was I going to be articulate enough was I going to be able to really get out of him what I needed to get out of him for people to resonate with this episode every word he speaks is so profound so for me it wasn't about you know like you're saying about the physical stuff like oh, I need to shake this up in my life it was about having this knowledge to know because so he he created a a short film with Aubrey Marcus it's on YouTube it's, it's called oh what's it actually called I'll put it in the show notes um it might be called the more beautiful world of hearts no as possible but I'm not sure and it's a video it's really annoying that I can't remember the name but I'll put it in the show notes it's this beautiful short film I send it to all my ladies on my academy when we're learning about purpose what purpose actually means in terms of us as this being incarnating here for a reason having chosen to incarnate here and he explains that Mm. in this most eloquent way and um so yeah so interviewing him was profound in terms of because for me the physical stuff is super important as I said I'm pretty extreme with all of it but above that comes the emotional Mm. the mental the spiritual it it, it's more profound it's more important Mm -hmm. uh it's more important the body is a vessel through which we express this life so the body is super important but you can't do any of that if you don't change the mindset the brain set the spiritual connection above Mm -hmm. it so he was hugely profound I guess Ben Greenfield was quite profound because I did the episode walking around Regent's Park with him with oh. like the world's leading biohacker, like yeah, run like literally you walking power so walking? far. I was literally you can hear it. I'm out of breath because I'm yeah. literally with this tri- like champion triathlon mm. dude who's like out in the woods with his wife chopping trees every day and like you know going hunting with his sons who's homeschooling and teaching them to hunt and he's like just you know literally like one of the strongest physical people you can meet. And I'm like <laughs> walking around trying, this to, trying to catch your breath in the rain him. as well, in the rain. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that looking at his fitness levels and he, when I say I'm extreme, like he's another level extreme in terms of what he's doing physically. Mm. Mm. Um, so getting insight from him on his daily practices um, and how he's really shifting more into the feminine um, in terms of going, you know, doing all that heavy stuff, Mm-mm. but also now moving more into you know, playing the music in the morning, learning yeah. instruments, meditating. Bringing in that balance just Bring, to keep yeah. it, you know, it, it, it all, you know, on a level that you could, doesn't, doesn't go into the extremes within the right. extreme. But that's why I interviewed him, because I have very strong feelings around the whole macho-ness in the biohacking mm. world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, some of them are coming around to it a bit more, but I feel like a lot of, you know, the specific people I can think of, it just feels very forced and very like yeah. they're trying to talk about the masculine feminine, but actually mm. they're not operating from that place. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ben is, he's very mm. much like like in this this sacred union with his wife where he truly honors her and raising his sons from this place of, you know, true consciousness and honoring the land and the food and just, yeah. So I wanted to interview him over other, you know, quote unquote biohackers because of that balance. So that was quite good. Um, Vandana Shiva. Mm. <laughs> I know I was, I got to see her talk live and it was, um, it was incredible. And I got to speak to her up close. I didn't really know her work, but my goodness, the energy that that woman radiates. She's unbelievable. You, you can tell she's a good egg. You know, I didn't need to know so any bio on this woman. I was no. just there with her, you know, um, just so, so attracted to her. 
Yeah. And I have to say that one of my favorite interviews is the one that is coming after this, because that was already recorded. 101. 101. 101. <laughs> 101. Yeah, 101th episode. Yeah. Uh, and you've written books, Jasmine? <laughs> I know, I know. There's, there's, there's copy editing for that. All AI sorts that stuff out. Um, but yeah, James Wedmore. So he's my business coach. And we mm-hmm. he also works with Don Javier. We work with the same shaman. Mm-hmm. And we're both going through kind of this shamanic apprenticeship. Although he's been doing it a lot longer than I have. And um it was the most beautiful episode. We were recording for over two hours. Wow. Um, and it was just this gorgeous exchange of, and though he's a business coach and that's mm. what he's, he's very well known in the mm. business, the online business world. He comes from a place of heart. Like yeah. his, his podcast is called Mind Your Business. It's all about mm-hmm. the mind element, mm-hmm. you know, and the spirituality and how everything is energy and the energy yeah. you put into it is what you'll get back. And when that head and heart energy are just aligned, it's right. just, it's, it's incredible. You are just I mean, they literally transform lives just from walking into a room. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's the power of that energy field and and what it can do. And, and I think also what we were saying about how being open to things and allowing yourself to take in information is is how you're going to find the people that are going to help you to, yeah. to shift and to grow. How do you find, I mean, one of the questions I really, really wanted to ask was um, just from just from this talk today, would you say that, you know, you've experienced a lot of pain inside your body pain that's happened to you I mean you were an you were an eight-year-old with a big needle in your knee it was backed into a corner in the moment without sedation having the 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 swelling the 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 excess liquid um, taken from your knees all those pains and traumas that you've experienced would you say that probably taking responsibility to not being the victim was was the biggest step Mm, or the one that because all those things happen to you yeah but having to take the responsibility to take the responsibility right do you think that was one of the hardest really things you've had to face yeah um I think there's a there's a huge balance that is needed when going into a journey of healing between honoring the trauma right not trivializing it or minimizing it and this is why I call it victim consciousness not victim mentality because I think it it has to be understood by people listening who might be victims of whatever mm-hmm. that it's the consciousness we create around that um subconsciously right mm-hmm. we, we don't mean to but then mm-hmm. we start operating from that place um so having finding that balance between honoring that trauma and really working through the trauma and giving it the the time and the the sacred energy it needs and that it deserves to be worked through because let me tell you there's no healing until you get that trauma out of you mm-hmm. it doesn't go anywhere because you ignore it right mm-hmm. and even if that's not the huge big T traumas, if it's the smaller trauma, because, you know, no one probably would have, you know, my parents who are the most caring, amazing, you know, my mom was there with me every step of the way. Did she then still see that as a trauma? No, because when you're in a trauma, you just try and get through it. Right. So when I was backed into a corner, she didn't feel like she was backing me into a corner and and I would never blame her for that. She was just like, Oh, we're due to go to Disneyland in three Mm. days. Mm -hmm. Here we are in hospital. You're eight. And the doctor's saying that you either have your knees drained now without sedation or we book you in next week and we sedate you and you don't go to Disneyland. And I'm eight and they're looking at me like, what do you want to do? 
And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to ruin Disneyland for everyone. So I guess I'll do it. So in that moment, my mum has to be the mother, the adult who's like, right, we just get through it. And my mum often talks about this, those moments being like, you don't see them as trauma at the time because you just have to survive. Mm. It's only afterwards, you know, it's only more recently that I've come back to that particular trauma. And let me tell you, there were many of them. I mean, I had to have my eye injected and operated on loads of times. And there were many things, but that one has been a big player in the Mm. game and going back and realizing a lot of it was because of the lack of control. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was because of the identity that I took on as the unhappy, intense, difficult child. So making the decision, no, we will go to Disneyland. We'll make everyone like me mm-hmm. and be thankful that we're still in Disneyland. You know, I had a four-year-old sister. She's not going to mm. want to miss out. And, um, you know, so, but in recent times, it's honoring that trauma, mm-hmm. working through it in any way that I needed to. So through bringing it, through accepting it, working through it, and then processing it through and out the body. So it's not held in my yeah. energy system any longer. And then also going, okay, I have done that now. And there is a time where you have to move on from your trauma mm-hmm. because otherwise it it, it holds on to you mm-hmm. for your whole life. And then you are operating from victim consciousness. So it's yeah. going, right, here are these traumas and I'm going to work through them one by one. And then I'm going to put them over there. And I'm mm-hmm. going to know that they happened to me, but they happened to me for a reason. And each one made me grow more and more. And that's abundance consciousness, Mm -hmm. because when you come at it from that perspective, you're going, right, it had a purpose, right? I was, these things didn't just happen to me. I have done enough learning in, and I will continue to, and I will never be, you know, learn enough because we're just always students, but I've done enough, enough learning with spiritual teachers to know that I chose to incarnate here right now. I chose Mm -hmm. this life. I chose Mm -hmm. every single trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, and the bigger ones, you know? Mm -hmm because they're all part of my spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. And when you can come at it from that perspective, you can move away from victim consciousness because mm-hmm. then you're operating from abundance consciousness, whereby yes. you know that everything has a purpose and you're benefiting from it. So if you're benefiting, mm-hmm. that's abundance, right? Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, it's a balance. You have to honor the trauma. You have to process it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to move on from it. And I have one Quick question before we go into um, some rapid quick fire questions. <laughs> um, a quite personal one. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking. Has were your learnings helped your mother to overcome that trauma as well? Because I, I can only imagine now as a new mum, mm. how late you know. I, I've seen my mum push through many things. That you just you just do. You just mm. have to get on with it. It's, it's just. But you know, I'm sure these things come back and bite you on your bum in your sleep or you suddenly remember the anguish, the, the horror, the everything. Um, has your mom benefited from what you've learned? Has she been able to help herself uh, release these tra- her traumas? It's a really great question. I think she has. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very different character to me. So mm-hmm. I'm highly sensitive. Um, and actually one of the best things that ever happened for our relationship was her finding the book, The Highly Sensitive Person when I was about 24 and reading it and then giving it to me and basically telling me, Oh, I now understand you. Um, she's highly emotional, mm-hmm. but not highly sensitive. I know it sounds mm-hmm. like a bit of a, no, uh, I think I understand. Right yeah. <laughs> so she can, she'll, and she's always said, you know, my, my mom's like from the East end, she's like raised to kind of be tough. And mm. um, she's always said, you know, my therapy was speaking to my friends and she did, yeah. she's got an amazing group of close girlfriends mm. that she's had since she was like five mm. and they tell each other everything and they lean on each other and they were from mm. that age of the east end where you don't do therapy you don't do any of that mm-hmm. you just get on with it 
but as time has gone on, she's softened to all those things a lot mm. more. She understands me more and my needs and my love language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that she has definitely learn a lot from my journey she was the catalyst to that journey you know she was the reason that I went on the journey of healing had I had a different mum I'd be in a very different position Mm. right now she's she always says like she started it and then I took it further yeah when it was it's kind of like she passed the baton on to Mm. me again I couldn't keep relying on my mum right couldn't keep relying on everyone to make me better Mm. um so I she's definitely softened into the idea of healing all aspects of self um trauma and we talk about it a lot more and, and at the beginning when I first started talking to her about these things it was very hard for her because you know we become triggered by the things mm. we don't understand or mm. the things that are uh we think that someone's blaming us for mm-hmm. oh um, totally conversations that are so difficult to have so especially difficult. with what you have both gone through together during your childhood and then going through this next period of being more enlightened into conscious thinking is another very, why would you open that can of worms? Why do we have to dissect everything? Why do we have to look at it so intently? Why do we have to lean into the pain of it all? Right. But she does get it now because my Mm. my dad's going through some health stuff now and she's, you know, we've got him journaling and she's, she's like telling him, you know, why it's so important for him to manage his trauma now. So she Mm. fully gets it. Mm. Um, and, and, and it very much comes back to the thing of like, you know, that I always say to parents when parents have gone, but I did this and now I know it was wrong and I shouldn't have done that. And I'm going to blame myself forever, but you can't, you know, mm. my mom made a lot of decisions that impacted my health, but we're all going to do that as mums because you can only do what you know at the time, right? We can keep trying to better ourselves, but you can't blame yourself for something you didn't know. And that then is part of our journey to heal from mm. what, to heal from whatever that caused is part of the journey yeah you know of healing and and yeah, her intention was to 100% look after her Lauren right you know? exactly um oh well, thank you thank you for sharing that all with us but we're gonna go straight into this rapid fire round which you pulled on me once <laughs> and I'm te- I was terrible at I'm not I'm, I'm not a one word or even one sentence um uh uh here we go again answerer um so here I go what okay. about you so all about you, Lauren. Well-being is. Give me three words. Oh well, it's not three words. This is my, <laughs> my this is my thing. Well-being. Well-being. Okay, it's your podcast. You can you my, can yeah. make it what you want. Oh no, but I never said about rapid fire that there are only three words. No, no, no. I, I threw that short, in. Short I, sentences. I threw that one in. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well-being is not simply the absence of illness. Wellness is the state of complete physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Beautiful. Um. What is your why? the drive that gets you out of bed in the morning regardless of what's going on around you yeah um it's funny because I've uh, obviously not going to short answer again I read Simon Sinek's um what's it even called the why the something find your why or something like that um and and it really got me thinking about my why and it genuine like I feel so strongly about helping people to find wholeness I don't even want to call it health I want to call it wholeness within themselves and and that mm. is my why like mm-hmm. you know when I have managed to do this for myself I I just think well why on earth would I not share that so when Absolutely. I share information even that people don't want and they're like we just don't do that and I'm like I'm not I'm not telling you this for my good I'm telling it for you because I just have this innate passion to share this stuff to help everyone be well mm-hmm you collated this incredible wardrobe of wisdom 
you know it's it's that you're you're an expert in everything that's happened to you and that information can change a little a lot it can be the beginning of just like the little things that you piece together in your timeline of telling your story um uh what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given and there's been a lot I bet oh my god so much (laughs) um I think the the ultimate best piece of advice is um has come in different ways from my shaman and from my healer that you are pure love and pure truth and when you peel everything else away and remember that nothing in life can truly bother you it's so bloody Um, reassuring even even the word abundance consciousness like gosh we all have access to that you mean i can have abundance consciousness yeah um that just makes me feel powerful Right. And that's, this is what it comes. So when you say you're very conscious of people listening to us, not having the funds to mm. maybe go and buy the summer Vedic or see the homeopath or whatever it might be, mm. that is the best piece of advice. It, it just peel every peel away all the conditioning and all the trauma and look at the truth of who you are underneath that. Everything else comes from there. But the other one I have to say, because there are two is one of my mentors, Brandon taught me this um, to release attachments to the outcome. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best piece of advice. Just not hold any attachment to it. Like have a vision for something, but then release the attachment to it. Mm. Because when you're holding on to that attachment to the outcome, the wrong energy. It's, it's the wrong. The, that's not abundance consciousness no. because you're not believing you already have it. Yeah. So releasing attachments is mm. it was a, a great lesson for me, and I'm still learning it. It, it really, oh yes, oh yeah. Because <laughs> you have to just it's be very able to hard. be applying it continuously, you know. And there's other things interfere with that. Right. Um, um your non-negotiable self-care ritual because I'm Ooh. sure there's so many that's gone in there is it, is it is it how much you sleep is it is it is it your affirmations um sleep so I would say sleep um you are well aware of this I do not get enough of because I have children who you know are notoriously bad sleepers um I optimize my sleep so mm-hmm. that is definitely a, a non-negotiable I do a lot of sleep optimization stuff Mm -hmm. so that I make sure I'm going into deep REM sleep when I am asleep if it's five six hours whatever it is I'm getting the best sleep I can so what is that that's your meditations your wind downs your rituals that is getting enough daylight um Mm -hmm. getting enough fresh air Mm -hmm. um very little screen time after Mm -hmm. a certain time uh uh, so many things I mean the the level the EMF levels in our home the um you know all our lighting in our house is anti-blue light Mm -hmm. so not having not having exposure to lots of blue light Mm -hmm. after a certain time in the day really reducing cortisol so I can naturally increase Mm -hmm. melatonin so many things so as a mother and business owner you know you know it's about the quantity of the quality sorry of your sleep rather than the quantity you can't control the quantity but you can the quality um but uh, I would uh, say uh. that the the um aside from that because that obviously is going to be a non-negotiable because I need to optimize my sleep um breath work and meditation are the mm-hmm. ultimate ones mm-hmm. that you can take anywhere you can take it anywhere and 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 the reason that I think you know even if I put meditation to the side for a moment because you know meditation could be a whole load of different things yeah. and to me it's a real <laughs> vibe at the moment my meditation but the breath work because you know we're coming across so much stress all the time all throughout our day mm. what i call these micro stresses mm-hmm. and we're operating from the beta brainwave state i mm. i am conscious that as 
as soon as I'm in beta, my cortisol levels are rising. As soon mm. as my cortisol levels are up, that's impacting my immune function. Mm. So my aim all throughout the day, every day is to, to bring myself back down to alpha and be an alpha as much as I can. Mm. And as soon as I start breathing, that happens. Mm. I'm using a, a technique that I'm calling burner breath at the moment, which is just something that I've de- developed because, you know, as as a mum and, and, and I've got another one on the way, you know, I'm yeah. finding a lot of um, upsetting stories that I sometimes come across or hear become so, um, uh, right. so real in my mind. Yeah. And I have to use this, this hot breath that I've developed to literally burn it out of my system. Before I love that. It goes That's in amazing. Any, yeah. So I, just, I don't know how I started it, but I was, but I knew it was, it was the more I was trying to suppress the images the bigger they were becoming in my mind. And I just knew so you're to, trying I, to burn them. Instead. I literally burn them with my breath. So this, hot, this I, don't, I guess the out breath, that hot breath, I'm just imagining it just disintegrating. Um, wow. uh, 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 there's a really good question I had that I wanted to ask you about. Oh, what is something that people get wrong about you? Well, I think I touched on that earlier, but that I don't have fun. The, part, I'm the not party, fun. Lauren. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, like you do, if you sit down with me and you mention something about health, I'll go into like, mm. you know, I can mm. sound super boring to sound, but some people mm. don't. Some people find it fascinating and they're like, wow, tell me more. And, you know, then around those people who are ready for that and who are looking for that, seeking that, mm. it's like, they're like this. But, you mm. know, for people who just want to, are happy in their mainstream lives it's boring so they would see me as being a boring person yeah and I've often had like people say to me oh wow I'm so surprised that you've done that or that you yeah yeah like I'm really fun and very experimental and very open and yeah like my life is yeah I think people would be really surprised at some of the things that I think I I think you know as you're as you're saying that my you know I'm, I'm imagining that you know some of the reasons that we let go of people who the relationship isn't serving each other anymore and we find this kind of new I hate using the tribe now because it's so cliche but you move I know, in it never used to be cliche was, when we started yeah, using it but it is but now, now it's yeah. so cliche. we're gonna need to find another word but it's this idea that you can let loose with the people who are going to support you in that uh, right. bubble you know you start letting loose with the wrong people and you're you know, alcohol starts perforating your aura and you just are allowing in the wrong energy. So just finding people that you are so comfortable to cry in front of, to build things with, but also to just absolutely let loose and go wild with. I think that's so important. Um, I think it's um, really interesting what you've just said about alcohol as well, because it's so true. Like something will affect you differently mm -hmm. in a different energy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Don Javier, my shaman talks about this, in terms of plant medicines and mm-hmm. he's not he's not telling people to go out and do plant medicines mm-hmm. at all he believes that they've been put here by a higher consciousness and unless you are ready ready and in that space with the right shaman to direct you you should not be doing them mm-hmm. and you know when we were talking to him about when we were microdosing with psilocybin he was like just be very careful because it, the people you're around when you do it they will you will you become a more of an open vessel in that space yeah. to um, absorb and uh, see different things and see new things Mm -hmm. and you will take on their energy and their energy will impact your internal energy so if you're not around the right people the way that what happens to you as a result of being on those medicines will shift depending on who you're around yeah it's very true like I I don't drink very much alcohol at all ever but it sometimes I will have 
couple of glasses of red wine or a couple of GNTs mm-hmm. only around specific people. Yeah. I will never drink alcohol around people that I don't mm-hmm. feel that a tribal energy yeah. around. We are energy beings. Everything is energy. Everything is affecting us. But how much it's affecting you is is Determined what we have to work on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Totally. Great question. Um, and lastly because I come from the food. <laughs> what food could you not live without? Oh, my God. Or what would your last supper be? Which I'm so difficult with this question because I'm <laughs> so indecisive with food. Like, mm-hmm. I know you you know yourself with food so well. Like, oh, listen, I can't answer like... that one either because for me it's so, it's, it's nostalgia, it's, 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 it's memories and things like that. It's so complicated. But, yeah. but you're, you're difficult about food because appetite or it's not... Well, I'm a grazer. So okay. I don't like big meals. I like gotcha. picky things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really like my husband will say, I, I mean, he's never said it, but I could tell you right now, like he'll go, right, starter would be this, you know, main course would be a steak and mm-hmm. with a jacket potato and mm-hmm. some garlic broccoli and dessert would be sticky toffee pudding. And yeah, what I have, I just like to graze. So I don't mm-hmm. like massive meals, but I think, so I can never choose like, my last supper because how how do I know what I'm going to feel like on that day that I'm being put to my death I don't know I want something different every day it's absolutely where you're at at the moment in that moment do you ever get food envy in restaurants do you ever think always I'm always that person that gets food envy I'm so my husband will always go to me I'll be I'll be like oh maybe I'll try that today and he goes no because you're gonna want that mine yeah you're gonna order that yeah so but I one thing I think I would just I can't live without and I would really miss well two things coming from an Israeli background hummus and tahini Mm -hmm. they are like staples and they're your mash they're your potatoes they are like in my (laughs) but like if I think back think to like one of my favorite things I could eat like going to one of the like going to um Jaffa in Mm -hmm. Israel and Tel Aviv going to one of those hummus places it's just literally hummus in a bowl and some pita and you just like you know dipping it that's like probably my ideal and then chocolate mousse for dessert (laughs) lovely that's funny my um my mum has um my mum always chooses what my other half has because oh really yeah she's always has food envy she always thinks he makes the best choices and I've got a friend as well who I who I follow closely because I know that they're not going to let me dive in on their food either so I need to just make sure I've got the same as them um Lauren, I have loved talking to you as much as I did when we finally got to meet in the summer and oh. that in the absolute heat wave oh, yeah. um, where we were um, trying to enjoy nice a matcha. Breakfast had lumps yeah. <laughs> a, lumpy, <laughs> a lumpy matcha while we sweated. That was like the hottest day of the year, wasn't <laughs> it? It was such a hot few days yeah. I and mean, it was just outrageous. Um, but uh, I so enjoyed meeting you then. And I, I, you know, apart from trying to keep on, on my notes and podcast this, I, I just feel like we've just hung out and... Uh, had a lovely chat and I've, yeah. I've loved listening. I love listening to your voice. And I think that's why I, I was talking earlier about that personal approach about you. It's about you, Lauren, like no one else can do what you're doing because of everything you bring to the table. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. I, I haven't been to any of your academies and have done any of your programs, but I know people who have been have had their lives changed um, oh, and you're an incredible you. inspiration and congratulations on 100 years. No, uh, 100 <laughs> podcast of reconditioning thank you um and i look forward to yeah getting into the, some of the ones you've mentioned actually so yeah well thank you so much for doing this it's been really fun and you were just the perfect person to do this with so thank you oh i'm glad i'm glad you trusted me so thank you cheers lauren mm-hmm.
If you haven't yet heard, I have just released a free, yes, free journaling course. If you've always wanted to try journaling but just don't know where to start, or you've been hearing how powerful journaling can be but you just don't understand why, or you want to create a daily practice that enhances your life but you just need a little support in doing that without it costing you anything, this course will do all that for you. It is packed with content that will show you just why journaling is important, how to do it, where to start and how to make it work for you. It is completely free and that is as a way for me to pay it forward because journaling really is one of the most integral parts of my growth practice and I want to give that to you. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to get the course sent directly to your inbox. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconditioned. I am honestly so grateful to each and every person that tunes in. Thank you also for taking responsibility for your own well-being. You should know that just by choosing to listen to podcasts like this that further your well-being, you're moving more deeply into abundance consciousness. Now don't forget I have a bunch of free resources over at laurenvacneen.co.uk as well as every recommendation you could ever need in regards to your well-being on the LV Recommends page, all categorized for your ease. Thank you also to our sponsors. These episodes would not be possible without them, so make sure to check them out and get some pretty awesome discounts on the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get updated each time a new one is released. Thank you. I appreciate you. Reconditioned is proud to be working with Women for Women International, a charity that supports women survivors of war in eight war-torn countries around the world. You can help a woman survivor of war transform her life today by visiting womenforwomen.org.uk forward slash donate.